Moika! Welcome to Mastering Finland. This podcast shares stories of foreigners in Finland and provides practical tips and learning opportunities for all. Go ahead, join our community and enjoy listening to this episode. For more information, check our website masteringfinland.com. Hello everybody, welcome back to Mastering Finland. It's Petra here and today I would like to introduce Kamila Sultanova. She's a speaker entrepreneur, even host, and a community builder, and many other things. So welcome, Camila. Good to have you here. Hello, Petra. So nice to be here with you. Yeah, thank you so much for coming. So could you quickly just, you know, tell our listeners a bit about yourself? Sure. So, moi uh, everyone, as how we say, greet in Finland. Uh, I'm a consultant on diversity inclusion. I'm a Nordic citizen with living experiences in Denmark and Finland, And I'm a proud uh, Uzbek uh, Silk Road uh, citizen as well. And living, yeah, so I work as a mentor as well. And I really enjoy bringing people together and helping them belong. Wow. I mean, so many great, great things together. So um, you said that you lived in Denmark. And I actually saw, saw a video of you speaking Danish. And you seem very fluent. I mean, I don't understand anything. But yeah. how is your Finnish then if you if you are currently and you've been in Finland for a while, right? Yes, I've been in Finland for seven years. Uh, I'm on a level B1. According to my Finnish teacher, I don't believe it. But I'm still now brushing my skills because I'm getting ready to this Finnish Uki test. And uh, I can say that I comfortably read newspapers. I can already debate a little bit. And my goal for 2021 was to deliver a keynote in Finnish. So I'm keen to keep that promise. So I have two months left to really make it true. Wow, that's pretty good. Then you definitely have a big one. I mean, yeah, my reading news newspapers and reading is not, not the best. But yeah, listening and speaking. But yeah, I'm also aiming for the Uki test. So so good okay. luck with that. When is But yours? Maybe, maybe next year, I feel. <laughs> there yeah. have been so many things happening this year that there is no way I could allocate that much time to, to learning Finnish back yeah. again. But yeah, right. hopefully next year, fingers crossed. But yeah, good luck. Good luck with that. And hopefully you will you'll, you know, be officially Finnish, a Finnish citizen then. Yeah, that's for next year. That's an, that's definitely yeah. nice, nice uh, something to, to look forward to. Nice. So, um, do you remember your initial years uh, in Finland, and how did you get manage to get to this current profession of yours? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, before I move to Finland, I just want to say a few words in Danish. Now that you flashed my skills, uh, you know, "hygge" is a Danish word for everything cozy. In Finland, is the national word probably "sisu." But uh, the most funny, hilarious part in Danish that you'll hear is that when you move there, they they make you say "grøl grøl med fløl," "grøl grøl med fløl." It's a Danish summer dessert <laughs> consisting of strawberries wow. and cream, and it's really not really sexy to say. <laughs> but but I enjoy Danish comedy, and and comedy really helped me to get that uh, a relationship to language and the same thing the same learning lesson i can take now when i'm learning finnish so ismo lekola the comedian he really makes me love finnish 
because when I laugh at it, I feel I belong. And, you know, the joy of shared laugh, I think is really important. So please give an effort to that, <laughs> to anyone who is trying to learn Finnish, get it through stand up. I think it's amazing. Yeah, but my job um, or my, my profession journey to my job in Finland actually started from Denmark because my, my, my husband is Finnish. And before I moved here, I was working for shipping companies in Denmark. So I have background in communications, but I couldn't get a job in that. I was an international student doing all my schooling from business college to bachelor to master's degree and really been happy to get all the scholarships in Denmark. But then, you know, that hit me that I'm not fluent Danish speaker. So I had to think outside the box and see what job will pay my bills because I moved from Aarhus University to Copenhagen. And and so I got into shipping and then When I was already thinking to move to Finland, I started applying for jobs on the distance. And then I networked with the Dan- uh, Finnish embassy in Denmark, got a list of all Finnish Danish companies who are o- operating in Finland. And still applying on a distance was quite challenging. So, and, and then at the time, luckily, I was headhunted by my ex-colleague to Maersk Line, you know, the largest container shipping company. And they said, it's a new job on container sales. And then I said, okay, I'm going to take that with the condition that I can do it from Helsinki. So long story short, it took me a while because they needed to, you know, make sure that I, I would still report to Copenhagen, but I would physically be located in Finland because it wasn't, it they didn't matter what it was. You know, thinking about COVID, I was working in a remote workspace already since 2014. And that's how it worked. I moved here with a job on the 30th of June, 2014. First July, I was at work and here in Helsinki. But then the the other like reality kicked in after I decided to leave Maersk Line. It was in 2016 because I didn't have a language. Uh, I didn't know Finnish. I knew Danish and it helped me to follow reading Swedish everywhere. It's very close. So uh, and then I said, okay, I probably need to sign up for Finnish classes. And that's where reality kicked in. I was like, wow, I actually moved to Finland. <laughs> so shocking to be back in a class where which I did the same in Denmark it was a deja vu and I was like I can't believe I need to do this again another world's toughest language with 5.5 million speakers uh is there like a sign from god <laughs> I need to speak these two so it was really um I mean I had my I had a share of my frustrations I must tell you so I said okay These countries, they treat you well. It's an amazing country to be a woman. You know, I come from Uzbekistan, so I know what I'm talking about. Uh, I feel, you know, there's great support to, to to do whatever you want. I know it's not easy. There's a glass ceiling as anywhere else. But so I said, okay, focus on a positive nature, great water from the tap, you know, all these simple things. And then as well as, you know, ways to find yourself. It's a beautiful country to um, be curious. And I'm this forever curious. I, I really feel felt like I'm gonna, you know, I have the perspective that things are gonna work out, despite that I was going those four days, five days a week learning Finnish, eh, you know, so that was it. And then um, I, I tried to work for when I left Morse Line, it was with a combination of a burnout and figuring out how can I feel more, you know, um, part of the team. And, uh, you know, it's also, it also comes from a lack of feeling included. And, Uh, always feeling a minority in a team. So I thought maybe I, w- I can work in a smaller company like startups and education field. And, you know, knowing Finland is one of the best in education. So that I looked at the whole startup scene in Helsinki. It was also difficult. And then I thought, 
well, I'm doing volunteering. I've been running youth empowerment events for young people to find their career path in Finland who are different multicultural youth or people with different social economic standings. So I, I learned who is who quite quickly here during the last five years. And then I thought maybe I should not just amplify the stories of others, how they feel valuable and worthy here, but also share my own story and, and try to work on diverse inclusion because that's really what's bugging me. I was so like focused on focus on like, you know, getting voices heard, representation and all the networks that I already been part of since Denmark has influenced me. The mentoring networks, the integration networks, I've been debating um, access of international students in Danish parliament with Danish employers. And it seems like, again, deja vu what we're doing here now, which is good so that I, I have something to compare with and say, which roads do we not want to go or should we go? And, and really feeling that some progress has been happening since 10, 10 12 years when I graduated. And, and I really feel that international students are like a really strong social group. What is it, 21,000 of them in Finland? And they welcome you even more. Yeah, wow. I mean, I mean, it's amazing that you got already the experience from Denmark. Uh, mm. Because, yeah, as you said, I bet you got, you're not starting from scratch and you are yeah. aware of what can be done a bit maybe differently or what can be applied in Finland that might not have worked in, in Denmark, mm. let's say. Mm-hmm. But yeah, as you say, um, international students are, are such a big group and I you know, came to Finland as well as an international yes. student at first. And, and many of us, I think, hope that, to find a better future for themselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's the goal of everything. And usually it's people coming from, you know, countries where it's not as easy to live as, as a woman or as a minority or and so on, so on, as right. you have experienced and, and I have experienced and many others. Or they just, you know, want to have like better money or, or I don't know, less stress or there is many, many positives that living in Nordics brings. Yes. And, and studying in Nordics as well, because I think mm. education systems are very different. And I can say myself that when I transferred from Czech University where I finished my bachelor's degree to to Finnish University I had yeah. to be constantly reminded by by the teachers that we are not doing it this way here mm. you have to really focus on research you cannot apply that sort of a practical approach that yeah. I was used to from my university mm. and I had to be constantly reminded throughout of two years of studying because it was a certain system that I was used to for so long mm-hmm. and it just doesn't work this way. But right. now I think I can objectively say that, that studying a degree is definitely um, better in many ways in Finland than in Czech Republic because there they make you remember stuff, but they don't make you think. No, Which they think, is, yeah. Like in the you know 21st century, why do you need to remember things which you can Google within five seconds if you are not capable of applying them into into the world mm. and you are not able to think about them and develop them? That's right. I think that's something that you need to think of back how how the whole Finnish education started with the biggest reformer Uno Signeus and he his fundamental work of you know shaping Finnish education was that that he wanted people to think for themselves. And that critical thinking is so important, especially now in the world of fake news and 
how do we re, 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 con, recalibrate our own identities, professional identities after COVID and as students to really navigate the job market with these roadblocks. I mean, not even as students, as adults as well, you know. Uh, and I think that critical thinking uh, gives also the whole paradigm of how, how you mine your own happiness as a citizen in Finland, because they expect you to know what you need they expect you to know what you want, and then they offer you support from the city, you know, the welfare state basis that you act proactively, take care and recognize what are your opportunities, including lifelong learning. And I think that what really hmm, gave me that sense of awareness last year when I was researching on what, how do you build communities and belonging in Finland yourself, that uh, nobody's going to tell you what to do. There is a lot of support available, but your proactivity and, you know, being that respectfully curious, that it's really putting that in action and that you, you promise, you, you, you constantly need to be uh, as, a, as an immigrant or, you know, if you're, you know, they're pursuing your own changes that you really need to be nice with people, but stubborn, stubborn with outcomes, you know, otherwise you can get quickly demotivated, isolated, or feel, you know, your own imposter syndrome or whatever you own, you name it and see like, do I really want it? So, so seriously, like that's, that's something uh, with university that it's one of the best ways to get the frame of reference, what Finns think like, how team oriented it is. They prepare you to finish work life, not to think that you should know all the answers that removes a big barrier of confidence or inconfidence. And in that sense, you're already conditioned to adult life through university. Um, either you're studying university or university applied sciences. I think that's, I, I see it also as an experience and also based on my work with universities last two years. Yeah, and and I indeed have to say that, that it has given me so much of of advantage in compared to when I when I came to Finland. Mm. and and um it is so different now when i go back home and i have this sort of different way of thinking now that i learned in finland and now i go home and it is quite hard to have certain conversations because if the people don't know how to think uh, this this sort of way um about life about situations and critical thinking is is not applied to situations then it's really, really hard to have a conversation and not to get into an argument mm. uh, because you cannot really find common ground eventually. And it's mm. really hard and you have to be from your side proactive and try to balance it and guess how much you are you should put into that conversation of the, of the, these skills that you learned in Finland and yes. you're applying normally there and nobody is having problems with that. But then it's quite a culture shock to to go back to your own country where where this sort of thing has not been developed. Well. I know, I know, and it's and I think you can also see it in in whole uh, you know knowing how democracy works, right? That if you come from a place where things decisions were made for you, and you're supposed to say, okay, well, my mama told me so, you know, in the, <laughs> in the childhood, and then in the adult life, if you just follow somebody's opinions without questioning it. It, questioning it, it also affects your your citizen power when you're in Finland, uh, looking at political participation, how many people go voting, or now in COVID, how people get vaccination or not. And unfortunately, 
a lot of people who are not vaccinated are people from you know immigrant backgrounds and 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 that's uh, has been a research done in Denmark across European countries like what's the correlation between vaccination uh, of citizens and they said it's direct trust in the government and in civic society in institutions so I would really hope that those I mean and I have also ad- advised here the immigrant community because I work you know both with supporting immigrant community with their own inclusion quest for inclusion belonging and the confidence so I say to immigrant community that if you come from a country where decisions are made for you you need to take your own decision making power in your own hands when you move here otherwise nothing is gonna change if you just trust yourself to te toy misto or trust yourself with just okay i graduate and then somebody's gonna give me a job no proactivity day one before you arrive know where you're going where who is helping you how you can help so it's this reciprocity and being this uh, respectful curious as I, I already said yeah definitely and it's so important as you said before you arrive already mm. because I think when I was arriving I you know I was like oh I knew I wanted to move to Finland because I right. came here when I was 14 and I fell in love within a month with the country and that was it so mm. I came and it was great you know I went to do my Erasmus which was sort of you know free fun and everything then I worked for one year as an opera and then uh, I started studying my master's, but I quickly realized that, okay, it's not going to be that much fun. Mm. It doesn't mean that I'm going to be studying, yep. that I'm going to get a job. Mm. I have a certain level of finish, but it's still not enough. So at that point, it hit me and I basically devoted all my free time to volunteering and to trying to, you know, find my way to mm-hmm. to places and opportunities and the podcast is a direct result of that situation right. because with my friend we just were discussing like okay finland is not going to give us anything for free let's be honest like it's mm-hmm. not going to happen mm-hmm. uh, unless it's some super magic luck which you know let, let's be honest it rarely happens to anybody yes. right so okay if finland is not giving me a chance we have to make it for ourselves mm. and that's exactly what you what you talked about that you have to be proactive uh, because otherwise it is it is hard and you can easily crash and get into uh, you know quite easily fall to like mental health issues and um, in relation to to your situation because yeah proactivity is definitely definitely the key yeah and and look I think it's it regardless if you're extrovert or introvert you can succeed here um, I know. I mean, and proactivity is still connecting to both. So if you're an extrovert, you know, you're out there with events. Luckily now with COVID, everything's opening up and you can, you know, feel your social needs <laughs> to be social. But but then as an introvert, you know how efficient the system is. You can get solved all the things that you need as on, online, but still you need to make take action and be intentional about what, what you're trying to achieve. And, and then uh, on both sides, then you say, okay, if you arrive here as a student, it's one of the easiest ways to integrate and find your sense. Because whenever you say international student, people are like, wow, that's so exciting. You know, if you arrive here as a mother, yes, you, the older you are, the more difficult it gets to meet people. But there's so many communities and I'm expecting to, be, you know, I'm a future mom to be. And I have found my so many new communities as for moms and it's beautiful. And so in that sense, um, there's lots of biases that like, oh, where I'm going to make new friends and how. Uh, it's just to really scratch the surface, use your social media and also pose your interests out there. And um, yeah, there's lots of things to to discover here, really. It's it's like 
hacking Finnish society as an open source, you know, with Linus Torvalds uh, <laughs> open source system. It's similar. Yeah, that's true. But okay, so to what we already said, what would you add that um, would be the most, uh, or what would you see to be the most important for finding a profession and, and adjusting to the life in Finland? Right. So first is that, okay, we sp- spoke already one to, 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 ar- to arrive here and adjust, uh, prepare yourself, you know, where you're coming. And, and uh, there's three questions I ask, actually four. One is uh, what can you do yourself to, to increase your own inclusivity and belonging? So li- really studying and doing your homework, which communities you can feel part of and don't limit yourself to one language or one profession. Two, what the university can offer you in terms of career services and integration. Three, what the city can offer you and uh, the city as a municipality, because a lot of things that are offered to you right now is through your city. So if you live in Helsinki, in Espo, in Vasa, in Tampere, Turku, everyone has their either a mentoring program or they have their own little, um, you know, uh, spouse program. So it depends who, who you are and why you, why you, on what terms you're moving here with work or studies. And also there's student societies. So there's student societies, trade unions, Think about what are the NGOs, the whole community can offer you, because we're not used to think like this. How can student society offer me? And I'll tell you, historically, they're really powerful here and they have a great touch with business uh, players, business sector, private sector. And and then they would, you know, engaging with them, either offering your story, um, you know, doing something with social media, just basically it is some of it. Some of it is volunteer work. I understand that everyone can do it, but don't underestimate the whole community, the civil society as being a stepping stone to your job, stepping stone to your business connections and, and just really having life, great life experiences, invitations to movies, movies festivals or, you know, cool parties, uh, lakes, uh, lake by the lakeside picnics. You know, it all comes with once people know you um, and, and that's reciprocity. I also think that you need to be patient because it will take time. You did not grow up with a Finnish radio and knowing who is who will take time. But your student peers or your colleagues are the best people to talk to. So invite them for coffee, invite them for you know, lunch and you know, start conversations. Your full-time job in Finland, once you come here, is to be a conversation starter. It sounds super easy, but just don't expect someone to talk to you because... Fins are known to be reserved and, and they don't engage with conversations, but but they, they will be very cool, keen to, 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 to answer all your questions. They're very helpful. Um, then if you don't get a job immediately, think of starting freelancing or entrepreneurship. It's a privilege to fail in Finland because, again, you get a lot of support. If you can afford it, start light. And then... Um, what, what I want to also say when we move to new countries, I want to bring in this topic of um, cultural adjustment curve. You probably heard about um, cultural shock. I think you mentioned already, Petra. And uh, I got it already back when I was 15, first awareness that what is a cultural shock. When I got my first scholarship to study in the US, I was 15. I was like, oh my God, my first life, first time abroad. So this, uh, what cultural adjustment t- curve tells you is that it's a big stress to move countries. I know there comes a lot of euphoria. You have your goals and dreams and pursue new you, new career. But you will have, um, as there is this, they call it four stages when you move to a new country. 
four stages to transition these stages emotionally, and it's very individual. So these are honeymoon, your honeymoon stage. You love it all. Everyone is friendly and nice. You probably come in the summer. <laughs> I can see. Then, then things are really exciting. You're like, this is going to be a great, great, great you know, adventure. Second, you hit the frustration part. Like, okay, why people behave the way they do? What is it if they're in supermarket? You don't understand what you're buying or you don't understand the language and everything's just foreign, right? The third stage is adjustment. You get used to it. Okay, this is how things are done here. Uh, you adjust. And then, of course, it comes with different reactions. You change your roles. You've been maybe a professional and now you're just a student. Uh, you've been an activist and now you're figuring out ways how to be also volunteer and be useful to society. You know, different things like that. And then finally, the fourth stage is acceptance. This is where you, you know, come with maybe in the Zen, but in a way that you, you know, I, I will see you going to saunas, enjoying your, you know, everything finished and then still figuring out how you can stay yourself, you know, without losing your own culture. So I think those stages, honeymoon, frustration, adjustment, acceptance, knowing that I think gives you the awareness that you need to be self-compassionate to yourself and no comparisons, no judgments into how others are managing their transition. Um, and like I said, I moved here from Denmark. I knew that I had that very difficult experience moving from Uzbekistan to Denmark, feeling the other and feeling unwanted, unneeded. But then all those things means that you can get help in here because you can get a mentor. You can go and, you know, um, I don't know, volunteer with all kinds of things. If whatever you know is a football coach or like flower binding for elder care or um, you know, engaging yourself in these cool tech events and business forums. So, so self compassion is really, really important, and and that and that communities are everything. Those communities is those you have different kinds. One could be based on your language, your professions. I got. Um, I will tell you my thing. So now my life is like in tens of communities. So um, my Uzbek Russian communities uh, plof. Um, uh, art cultural festivals with this Uzbek poet, my manicure ladies, a Russian lady from Estonia, <laughs> my yoga lady is also a Russian lady here in Eastern Helsinki, my 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 advisors how to become a mom are the Danish ladies, <laughs> so I mean also Danish ladies. So it's it's really cool to really tap into it, and and just to see how easy it is to live here when it's, you know, because of location of Finland, that it's not just, you know, Nordics, but you have Estonia here, you have Baltics, you have Russia within three and a half hours where I have my sister. So it's really easy to find the convenience. You just need to go over these cultural shocks and adjustment because it, it's very emotional and an individual. So I hope that this clarity gives you um, how you can slowly, you know, um, ascend to your finished self and localize yourself, because that's really uh, what it's all about. Yeah, my question that arises from it is yeah. that uh, how are you fighting? Well, fighting. How are you keeping your own culture within yourselves? Because, because my yeah. problem now is that I am losing my Czechness, if I call it this way, yeah. and. Uh, you know, I'm forgetting my language, I feel, occasionally. And in general, like, my culture is just, I have this general universal cul culture as well, because, like, 
I live with my boyfriend, he's English, so there is lots of the English influence. And of course, we share the language, so my mm-hmm. language is on the side. Yeah. Um, then I have Finnish, as in, you know, I live in Finland, and then there's all Finnish culture around. But my own culture is like sort of diminished into this tiny little thing. And I didn't mind uh, for a very long time. But now I've, I've lived in Finland for six years, and I'm actually feeling that, okay, now it actually starts bothering me. That I'm but, losing my own self. But in, how, in what way would you then consider someone to be Czech? Let's uh, let me ask you this. I don't know. Maybe like the traditions and uh, you know all these all these I don't know festivals and all these sort of experiences that you've got that are happening in in the place here and mm-hmm. and you cannot be there physically, so you sort of get out of it and then you just observe it from abroad and you see all these you know annual festivals happening and yeah. this sort of thing and it it hasn't bothered me yet and now I think recently I've started thinking about it more and more mm. uh, also it probably is connected to the you know corona pandemic since like now I'm visiting Czech after two years so you know that is probably also an a quite a big 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 key player in the whole like mindset right. that I've been having now But yeah. yeah, just how are you keeping your your Uzbek? My, my Uzbekness, you know? yeah. Well, I I was quite when I was a teenager in Denmark. You know, I moved there when I was eighteen. I, I I kind of hid it because it was this whole. Um, I didn't want to be a Fatima, which I confessed uh, last summer in a medium blog that I wouldn't wear those funny, colorful Ica dresses and um, and and still it came back to me when I realized. Uh, I mean, with with dignity events that I do here in Helsinki, when you hear these authentic stories, how you meet your own dignity, understand the dignity of others, is that everything that's you makes you unique you, and you need to embrace all the sides of yourself, even if they're colors which may be considered too <laughs> too exotic or ethnic, and and how do you manage to um, re- retain your 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 cultural um, identity despite the negative media. Uh, you know, stereotypes and ideals. So for me, as a speaker and an event host, I dance on stage. I make people dance Uzbek moves and make that curiosity really come out through movement. And and dance is is really an um, endless form of self-expression. And 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 they when I allow them to say, okay, we'll dance in, innovatively, people really want to try. <laughs> and it's it's really neat. And then I, of course, there's food. Uh, I'm part of the Central Asian Network, so we do have two, three celebrations or holidays where which we get together. Uh, and of course, with COVID, we couldn't meet. But last year, we were dancing on Zoom to support vulnerable uh, population in Uzbekistan with the COVID, you know, the oxygen equipment. So we had this. I was part of this program, Dance for Uzbekistan, on Zoom, and then you donate, and and that was really nice. Um, then I I started wearing more colorful Uzbek dresses here. You know, it's as colorful as Marimekko, <laughs> a bit different design. And I must tell you that when you're not afraid to show and express yourself through whatever cultural artifacts you have, people will use your clothes as conversation starter, and it's the best thing that happened. And and embrace it. And I think it's just uh, you know allowing yourself instead of keeping yourself in the box and covering up don't so here is really 
Um, I think free in Finland, you can dress up as, as much as you want. You can join your own communities if they serve you. If they don't serve you, you join other communities where you feel yourself. So I think maybe there's a Czech community for you. <laughs> where, or you can start one and then you build your own rituals. Yeah, there actually is one. And, you know, I think that's that's me fighting with myself because, as you said, that you came and you were sort of hiding it a little mm-hmm. bit of who you are and I yeah. think I've I fought with it quite quite for a while again that I moved here and whenever I had checked I was like no 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 I am not I have not mo- moved here to hang out with Czech people <laughs> I moved here to you know be with all the other people I, I escaped yeah. from the Czech people and that right. was my view as you know 21 year old mm. a person coming coming into a new country but it's true that as as you know, as you grow older and you and you learn yep. and you see that that now it, it is I'm becoming to the stage when I am realizing that okay, perhaps this was not the best way to do it. And I am slowly engaging within the Czech and Slovak community as well because right. we are we are very much uh, the same um, community mm. here in Finland. So so yeah, yeah. that is something something think, interesting. Yeah. I think it's nice to you know you know accept that you have your own maturity process and then reconnect with yourself. I mean, I think uh, with me also was that I had to leave because I was I didn't feel I belong in my own country and and I think that also was overshadowing why I didn't have that attachment to my own culture. But as as now Uzbekistan is also opening up and I I'm, I'm feel welcome to engage with the youth there also promote gender equality, you know, weigh all these topics that I also promote here, inclusivity, and I think that's also an effect because you, you are more engaged uh, and reconnected as long as it, it also gives you meaning. <laughs> so, and it comes in different stages, in different age groups, so super individuals. I'm glad that you're already having it early on um, and and it, you can... You can you can find your own ways to to show your check share your Czech culture with Finns and hear your international community here. Yeah, definitely. But yeah, I feel you with what you said that you didn't feel didn't feel that you belonged mm. back in your country because that was exactly exactly why yeah. I wanted to leave because because I was just I just didn't feel like this is the place for me mm. and that's where I I find Finland home yeah. as such because I feel like I belong. Yes, and that's, that's a nice actually feeling. an amazing feeling. Yes, <laughs> it is. <Love> for that. <laughs> so you already mentioned a few projects. Uh, what have you been working on? But just if you could give us a little bit of an overview on what yeah. you are have been working on and uh, what have you been up to? What projects are you engaged with? Yeah, yeah. So um, do, so I started my consulting uh, with you know, public speaking and event hosting and you know, all the events connecting education, innovation, diversity, inclusion. And uh, and then I joined this unique collaboration project with Helsinki Capital Region, five universities, and there's a few um, employer representative uh, lobby organizations. So we wanted to promote more inclusive capital region, inclusive capital for internationals. And so what I did with Hunk School of Economics was this leading their Hunk International Talent Program, where what you do is matchmake and find companies who would take stu- uh, students as mentees, and I would recruit mentors or student engagement, different experiences, either in internships, summer jobs, consulting work. 
And uh, it was a two-year project. Uh, we've done a lot of videos, content, so like really show the visibility that these matchmaking programs work and you bring in different cross-sectoral collabor- collaborators, you know, universities, employers, NGOs, volunteer communities, mentors. And so it's not, it's not you know, just one sector that's going to fix this problem. So for me, it was walking the talk, what I speak about, but also making it happen. And I can tell you that it went from initiative to one of the best practices uh, for for integrating international students. And COVID did not stop matching. And I'm so happy that, you know, people really still want to open up and take students on board and engage. Um, so then I trained Toimisto uh, professionals. So it's the work workforce developers. I came up with this new concept where I work with theater professionals who do playback theater. It's a storytelling theater to help to help remove those barriers between job seekers and matchmakers. So what it works, how it works, it's it's when you tell a story of a job seeker who's been through maybe a positive or less unfortunate experience getting, getting through the Teetoimistu system, they show the experience and, and allows for the they have to professionals to really understand and feel through it and find better solutions. Okay, what's the problem here? Where's the conflict? Where's the invisible thing that we were not aware of? And then we do the same story for Toimisto professionals so that the job seekers understand where's the where's the cookie crumbling. <laughs> so it was a really nice artistic collaboration as well to bring them into the whole business, right? And then showcase that we actually need emotions to raise a hand, yeah? It was, we had discussions on this, like why do we need also to showcase the emotions in our work? Because there's facts, there's things you need to do, there's diverse inclusion, everybody knows it, it's beneficial for your profit, innovation, product innovation, but still it's not happening. So we need emotions to put this into play. And I think artists are really amazing to engage with in that sense. Um, then I was speaking on the importance of volunteering, again, for companies to run their own volunteer-driven programs like mentoring programs and support uh, universities and young talent. Um, and it's actually great to see that uh, different um, reports coming out that volunteering is the great way to cure burnout at work. It promotes loyalty and it promotes more feeling, you know, being part of the bigger um, issue and and I and then uh, and then as well that um, I spoke to Nokia employees about this how we actually need to build social capital to unlock hidden job market which is in Finland so the social capital is is not I mean it's connected to our networks it's connected to how are we reciprocal and allowing people who are different and removing this sense of otherness yeah. So those are the things, um, and then I um, I'm, I'm doing few gigs for like video recordings, so to again uh, scale amount of information that's available either on podcast or or online on YouTube to to help universities still attract international students and make them feel more prepared and make them feel make them inform choices that hey. It's not easy to get a job in Finland. Uh, you know, blogging, I've been blogging on also racism, anti-racism campaigns. And it's not easy anywhere right now. <laughs> but, but I think being realistic about it and supporting all the things that are happening um, and, and showcasing, showing up for that, it's, it's really a big part of my work. Uh, and so I've been part of Talent Boost ecosystem since 2018. 
Uh, it is very polarized uh, debate around the talent boost programs, but the way it started in Finland, there hasn't been any internationalization policy before, and it's been managed by public stakeholders. So anyone who is interested, also wanting to be part of that, you know, just check out the hashtag talent boost and see what's happening. I think it's it's nice that it still promotes being international is important for Finland and we are here, including this master podcast, master Finland podcast is the one who is really building muscles and mindsets for Finnish global future. So it's a, it's still good to have talent boost and we need to question it because we're passionate about it and diversify who is dealing with those projects. But I think it was really eye-opening to see that uh, to change uh, Finnish mindsets and companies, you need a all kinds of stakeholders and you can't blame one sector we need to work across sectors so these are the works that i do now wow you are pretty busy yeah it's it is because i serve both the immigrant community and i serve the business community right and then this public sector where we try to connect and and see how we can make uh, public projects more visible Uh, through again through being out there on social media and content and then you have the immigrant community with giving the mindset how you find your context and relevance how do you start conversations and how do you actually believe that you're needed and wanted and keep grabbing those opportunities by being proactive so so both the business and immigrant community they need to meet each other so that's why I think um, for me the best thing right now that's happening is the next 10 years, is not going to be the same. Um, every third job seeker is going to be from an immigrant background. So um, I'm, I'm excited what's to come. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I believe that and all these initiatives that I see around Finland now that are, uh, you know, uh, being run by uh, inter- internationals who, who move to Finland. And there are so many of us doing such such great jobs and it is going to have an amazing impact on the future. Mm. Uh, and, you know, exactly what you are doing is, is one part of that. And it is really nice to see that, you know, we can we can do things and we can make, make the changes and, and make fit. Finnish system believe that and understand how how is that supposed to be done and mm. and work together and you know I am also very excited to see how what kind of things are going to happen in the upcoming 10 years and yeah. seeing the impact of the projects that I had a chance to be part of or or you know to to follow uh, as true. such I mean it's not easy because It's not easy to be part of something that's just being built, right? And uh, people will discuss and and criticize. And and if you're passionate about anything, you should you should have a space for for you know constructive criticism. Uh, I just think that in Finland, if you have some, you need to combine the experience with expertise, yeah, and 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 to have those old voices represented, so you will get a chance you will have an equal chance as long as you keep on knocking on doors, be it, you know, being part of the talent boost or, or internationalization, or if you want to, you know, be a researcher or start your own company or something that I think, I think that's my experience was that even when I felt imposter syndrome, 
who am I to <laughs> offer something? I always got a chance with Global Dignity events. The teachers here are really open and, and they have so much autonomy to make their own decisions. So I think in that way, the system is much more open than we think because if people don't smile or react to you, it doesn't mean they don't want to talk to you. <laughs> it's you need to start a conversation. So so also being, being there, someone who is always... Um, asking or even knocking on doors, not, not giving up is, is really important so that you feel, you feel on the wave, um, that somehow you need to stay constantly inspired. Uh, I know it's, it sounds cliche, but, but this visionary Bruce Mao from Canada, he brought me back to life. And I quote him that he says that our job is to stay inspired and stay connected because we learn how to be ourselves through interacting with others. And I, as a speaker, I was always also lost and frustrated that I couldn't feel the sense of self because I couldn't be on stage. I couldn't see people on the other side of the screen. You know, webinars are great and you get some chats here and there. But but it's so important that that for me, as at least personalities are different. But being with others, interacting with others helps you remember your own sense of self. And this is where you, we can really peak and just, you know, have our own well-being with ourselves. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I I, I cannot say anything else than just, just agree, <laughs> agree with you, really. But as you already mentioned, so you are expecting a baby now. So yes. how have you been managing all these projects with, you know, with preparing to become a mom yeah, in um, Finland? Well, I had... I, I was frustrated, I, I must admit, and I, I, I did this whole disclosure on my Instagram a few days ago that, yes, I've been meditating, I've been getting all these resources, I'm usually quite energetic person, and I've been extremely lucky that, that my program, pro process was smooth. Um, yes, I did take a slow summer, and um, and I mean, nothing happens in Finland in, in July, so don't expect anything <laughs> happening there. Uh, and so I said, okay, I'm going to do as much as I can. It's been a long process to to get where I'm now. And as a pregnant person, I got so much support. And like I said, I'm already building new communities here in Eastern Helsinki as well. Uh, and I got this new box, the baby box. Uh, and it's so inside that box, um, every mother gets it. And I think I read somewhere in 2018, it was 40,000 households that got, got the same. Wow. Uh, so it's, it's a social innovation since, what, 30s, 40s. It's been around for more than 80 years when all these childcare maternity clinics uh, were developed. So it was the way to get women to come and use the services. And, and that was also a way to give support to women who couldn't afford many things at the time. And so what's inside it, it it's 50 items, <laughs> and um, including that carton box where you can actually, where the baby can actually sleep. There is everything from diapers to, to um, you know, all kinds of bed sheets. There's a sleeping bag. There's a winter socks, winter gloves, hats, toys, books, and such an amazing gesture from from Finnish government. And um, I feel I feel it's so amazing to just tap into that. And we got a lot of lectures uh, from the, the nursing nurses. Some of them are on Zoom. Some I went myself um, in person. So they prepare you to the whole process. Um, and the, the support here is really, really great. I'm really glad glad to hear that. And, and 
also that you know it's been it's been smooth and and easy and at the box i always whenever i see and i know that somebody's pregnant and then they show the box it's such an amazing thing Mm -hmm. and i still sometimes i feel like how is that even possible it's so beautiful and i also think that it it must make you feel so like appreciated and also to belong as a mother within the community despite it being just the box of things but yeah I think it's it's exactly what you're pointing out I I I did I recognize myself totally as a different person now my new identity and I ask yourself we talk about identity today many times so you have professional identity you have social cultural identity now your identity is a, a mother and and you recognize your locality your neighborhood a total different spot space and that you are cared for you belong uh, and my sister, she lives in Russia. She cried when I sent her the pictures. She's like, I can't believe it. That's how they welcome a new being, human being into the world. And she did not expect such level of, of you know, attention from the state. So that's what we're, you know, how much do we get into support? And, um, you know, there's also new maternity leave directive that's coming from Europe to allow more uh, work-life balance between mothers and fathers so so they would take they would have to share more maternity leave parental leave as they say so that's um that, so there's a lot of changes coming up as well and and my husband he's luckily super supportive and has been taking part in all these lectures on future you know how how our life will change so i think um that work-life balance is is also quite uh, an important part for me to also really live through it because now I will have a child and it's going to have total new um, daily life. And so it's not easy to adjust, but it, it, it's still something that I feel comfortable to jump into because it is in Finland. Yeah, definitely makes sense. Wow. I mean, amazing talk talk with you i believe we could talk for another you know hours and hours about many different topics and and go into the depth of of many many areas but um yeah thank you so much for covering covering all all we did is there anything we you think we forgot or you would like to add to to what we discussed today um no i really enjoyed our conversation i i think uh I got also some uh, insight from listening to Mastering Podcast. There was something also on parenting before. There was a guest, and I really appreciate that. Uh, I, I encourage everyone to to you really tap into the curiosity and not take for granted that your own well-being when you move and you deal with all the setbacks and roadblocks you may, may you may face. Uh, I think not not every person with the dark winters there is in Finland, it can be quite discouraging and thinking, what the hell am I doing here? But, but, <laughs> but the four seasons, four seasons of Finland is something so beautiful. And now we are in, in October. I love the world where there's Octobers because it's beautiful, golden, and um, you can really enjoy the, you know, the whole mushroom season and the herring Baltic fair. I just had friends from Denmark and they said, wow, Finns can really take their fish seriously because there was 15 types of herring which could be eaten in a different yeah. way. And they're like, we don't do this in Denmark. I was like, hmm, yeah, I should be more proud. Hmm, great. So Sila Kamarkinat, all these things, like, you know, really um, don't forget the sense of wonder and, and being just child happy and some simple things because I think that's what COVID taught us. So, yeah, and make sure Finland happens in your life. That's my, my advice.
Yeah, perfect. Thank you so much, Camila. It was it was such a pleasure to, to talk to you and have you on the podcast. And hopefully, you know, talk to you again soon at yes. some point. Yes, let's talk on networking. It would be great. Yes. Yeah, that would be amazing. <laughs> yeah, thank you, right. Petra. Cheers. Yeah, you too. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. Moikka. Thank you for listening. You can subscribe to our podcast on Spotify, Apple or Google Podcasts and other podcast providers. For more information, follow our Instagram at mastering.finland.podcast, subscribe to our monthly newsletter and keep an eye on our website masteringfinland.com. Have a nice day and good luck with your own Mastering Finland story. Bye!